Dragons are dinosaurs. You've heard the legend, now get the truth. Join us today on Wonders Without Number. So here with me today is a friend from Alberta, Canada, who has researched dragon legends and he's dug up the bones of dinosaurs for years. Now he's the author of some fantastic books, including one on flood fossils, one on giant animals of the past, and another on dragons. So I want you to join with me as we welcome Vance Nelson. Welcome to the program. Good to be here, David. Absolutely. It's great to have you here all the way up from Canada. And we don't like to make fun of people's accents, but yours is not too strong. So I hear people tell me that all the time as well. Um, tell me just a little bit about your research over mm -hmm. the years. Uh, well, related to dragons, I've spent uh, about 15 years researching dragons, dinosaurs in artwork. So old artwork predating the science of paleontology, okay. going back all the way back to several thousand years or so. Okay, so dragons and dinosaurs. Yes, sir. What about dinosaurs? Because we hear that they lived millions of years ago, mm -hmm. and we hear that uh, that's major proof mm -hmm that we're just in an evolutionary food chain. Yeah, I was, I was raised with the evolutionary theory all the way till high school and uh, basically believed it for the most part. I remember when I was in grade uh, seven, I wrote a story, you know, how cool it would be to go back in a time machine. A time machine, of course, mm -hmm. that's fiction. <laughs> uh, but I remember writing this story about going back 80 million years ago and seeing dinosaurs in the swamp, how neat that would be. Uh, but the reality is, when you take a look at the evidence in the real world, uh, not just evidence from the fossils, but evidence from archaeology and history, looking at the artwork. Uh, the artwork shows depictions of Permian and Triassic reptiles, okay. and Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous dinosaurs. Now, of course, if these creatures really did die out uh, millions of years ago, uh, how would people know how to depict them? Hmm. Now, there are a lot of ideas. Maybe they dug them up. But, but the fact of the matter is that there are at least 16 things that would have to happen in order for people to dig up the dinosaurs and reconstruct them. Is and it true that many of the dinosaurs that we find depictions of mm -hmm. are depicted with the skin still on them? Exactly, and uh, I mentioned 16 reasons why people couldn't simply dig them up and depict them uh -huh. in my book. Uh, one of the things is many of the depictions are found in one particular area of the world, but those creatures have only been found, uh, for example, in, on the other side of the planet. Uh -huh. and, and one of, the one of the things you mentioned is that if they're digging up the bones, why rarely, if ever, do we find the bones depicted? We find them depicted with the skin on. Yes. We find them in living postures, interacting with people. And so that's, that's one of the major problems. Basically, even if you find all of the bones, generally they're disarticulated. Okay. And if you were to find all of them, you've got about 30% of the dinosaur. You would have to figure out uh, how the bones go together. Then you would have to have an advanced anatomy and physiology knowledge. Oh, okay. You would have to have the glues to put the bones together. You would have to have plaster jacketing techniques. And as I mentioned, even if by some miraculous chance the ancients had this, mm -hmm. the artwork would have to be in close and reasonable proximity 
to where the bones are found. Okay. And almost always they're not. All right. So let's address the elephant in the room. Did they live 65 million years ago? Mm. 65 plus million years ago. Right. If humans have only been around for six million years or so in their current state, as is the common theory, mm -hmm. then they wouldn't have seen dinosaurs. If they're right. drawing pictures, if they're carving them into columns, if they're doing right. all of this, then obviously dinosaurs uh, might have been around at the same time as humans. Right. Well, let's, let's address this biblically. Okay. So Exodus 20, 11, four and six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that in the midst, and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So God creates everything in six days. Okay. And that has to include all the creatures. Um, and some people say, well, that's, those could be long periods of time. But if you take a look at the context, night, evening, morning, number, day, yeah. uh, that has to be ordinary days. That's Exodus 20. Exodus 20. That's 11. in stone. Correct. That's pretty serious right there. So we take a look at the six days of creation. All the land animals were made on the same day as Adam and Eve. Okay. And uh, therefore the dinosaurs, which are land animals, must have made it, been made on the same day as Adam and Eve okay. uh, only thousands of years ago. Hmm. Okay. So that's the biblical answer is dinosaurs and people must have been made together only thousands of years ago. Now, there are some within the church who would say, well, can't we, through interpretation of the scriptures, try to stick in vast ages of time? And, and couldn't we make it work somehow that way? Hmm. Is there any way that that's possible? Well, that would be known as asegesis. I know some people pronounce it eisegesis, uh -huh. but technically it's pronounced asegesis. Uh -huh. And that is taking man's ideas and trying to make them fit into the Word of God. Okay. So if we take a look at the Word of God as it's written, uh, night, evening, morning, number, day, uh, in the context with the Hebrew word yom, yes. it's telling us something. Okay. And that is ordinary days. Hmm. And so we can't take man's Word and start trying to make it fit in and then reinterpreting the Bible because then the words of Scripture are meaningless everywhere. We can make it say anything we want in any place in Scripture. And so if we want to take God's Word seriously as written as God's Word, then it means ordinary days and that means that all the land animals are made on day six, which means dinosaurs are made on day six, which means dinosaurs and people must live together. Okay. So we have to leave our preconceived ideas behind. This is known as exegesis. This is the proper technique with which to understand Scripture. So there's no need to compromise. We actually have the literal account. And in Genesis, it appears to be literal history. Correct. And uh, basically, if you take a look at the New Testament, if, if you want to understand it correctly, there are 68 direct quotations in the New Testament from Genesis chapters 1 to 11. So how is, the, how is Genesis 1 to 11 to be understood? Take a look at the New Testament. Uh, every single New Testament author, including Jesus Christ himself, quotes Genesis 1 to 11 as real people, real events, real history. In other words, it's meant to be taken as historical narrative. Okay. And how do you understand historical narrative? Uh, real people, real events, real history. You read it and that's what, it, that's what it means. So when it says Moses went up on Mount Sinai, yeah. we don't have a big theological conference to say, I wonder what that means. Hmm, See, okay. and it's the same thing here in Genesis. Historical narrative is very easy to understand. There may be theological implications to that real history, sure. but the real history is simple to understand. Okay. All right, well, let's look at how dinosaurs fit in the picture here. All right, so the evidence. Yeah. Uh, living fossils. 
And of course, Charles Darwin, when he, he did his uh, voyage on the Beagle around South America, uh, Darwin was the one that coined the word living fossils. Okay. And it's interesting, I was at a conference at the Royal Tyrrell Museum of Paleontology, mm -hmm. and a scientist came in, and he basically said, Darwin recognized that fossils bore a startling resemblance to their living counterparts. Hmm. Now you stop and think about that for a while. Yeah. What, what was Darwin recognizing? <laughs> that fossils and the living creatures looked very similar. And so it's not a surprise that Darwin come up with the term living, living fossils. fossils. Okay. And so another way to put that is that creatures have reproduced after their own kinds, Genesis chapter one. That's the biblical principle. That's the biblical principle. Okay, so you're saying that at the Galapagos Islands and other places where Charles Darwin visited, mm -hmm. He saw examples which were perfectly consistent with a biblical worldview, with a biblical time frame even. But because of other influences, Lyell was one of those influences, mm -hmm. his grandfather Erasmus Darwin was another mm -hmm. one of those influences, because of different influences within his life, he decided to try to write this narrative to explain how everything could come from nothing. Yeah, Dar Darwin had some issues for sure, yeah. and uh, Lyell was one of those influences, long periods of time. So if you have long periods of time in geology and you take long periods of time in bi biology, if given enough time, it's possible. Okay. Right? It's possible for these changes to occur. And so one of the most famous living fossils of all, of course, was the coelacanth, yes. uh, Latimeria chalumne. Of course, it was found near the mouth of the Chalumna River, uh, South Africa. And it took a while for them to figure it out and uh, some people have said this was just like finding a living dinosaur. Hmm. And uh, fundamentally it had not changed and of course they found others since then. And uh, this is akin to finding a living dinosaur. Okay. And uh, when we dig up the dinosaurs, we find soft-shell turtles still here, we find willows still here, we find figs still here, we find crocodiles still here, alligators still here, redwoods still here, garfish still wow. here. This is what we find with the dinosaurs, okay. that we're living with the dinosaurs. Yeah. So modern organisms yes. found with the dinosaurs, this is exactly what we'd expect to predict based upon the biblical record. Not only do they suddenly appear in the fossil record, they're still here today, they've reproduced after their own kind, but what we, what a lot of people would call modern creatures, which really isn't uh, a correct way of thinking about that, right. because all creatures are modern creatures in a sense. They've all were created by God. They've reproduced after their own kinds. Dinosaurs okay. are fundamentally modern creatures. But the point is that all of these things are still here today. We find them with the dinosaurs. They've reproduced after their own kind. It should be no more of a surprise to find living dinosaurs and to find soft-shelled turtles or willows or figs. Okay. But it's such a shock to an evolutionist to say, what if we were to find a living dinosaur? Hmm. Or dinosaurs lived until recently. No, 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 they died out 66 million years ago. Right. Or the new idea is they evolved into birds. You're listening to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves. The message presented today was filmed in studio at David Reeves Ministries Wonders of Creation Center and is available in video format with powerful accompanying visuals. 
Subscribe to our Genesis Plus package online to get instant access to the video format of this message and hundreds of others right on your computer or mobile device. If you are encouraged by this message and would like to be a part of sharing this information with millions across the globe, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 931-212-7990 or write us at David Reeves Ministries, Post Office Box 2824, Lewisburg, Tennessee, 37091. Visit our website, davidreeves.com today. That's davidreves.com. And now, back to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves. Okay, so right. the idea that uh, dinosaurs could have lived in recent history. Mm-hmm. If you were to tell a scientist, ah, well, the coelacanth mm-hmm. might have lived in recent history. Mm-hmm. Well, up until a short period of time ago, a scientist would have said, a, a biologist would have said, no, 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 they went extinct 66 plus million years ago. Exactly. And yet, when you actually find one of these living coelacanth fish, well, then the narrative has changed. Correct. You're saying it's the same thing with the dinosaurs. Yeah, there, there should be no more of a surprise to find dinosaurs lived recently as to find willows living in your okay. backyard. Uh, it's the same thing. These are found with the dinosaurs. Uh-huh. So, for example, people have claimed sightings of dinosaurs and other creatures uh, fairly recently. And we're not going to go into all these, but Michele and Bembi, uh-huh. uh, this creature in Africa. And I'm not saying it's alive today, but people have claimed to see this fairly recently. Okay. And uh, other creatures, like this creature was found okay. in, uh, in the 1700s. It looks very much like a Basilosaurus. Hmm. Now, this was added. These flukes were added. This isn't found in the fossil record. And this oh. is supposedly extinct 30 million years ago. Uh-huh. But anyway, the point is, lots of interesting creatures have been claimed. People have claimed to see these. Okay. Uh, you know, in the last 100 to 300 years. Now, at the time that this sighting was claimed mm-hmm. and they described this creature, this is had they, they found it in the fossil no. record? No. 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 So they wouldn't have known... Correct. <laughs> how to make up this tall tale. Exactly. So if you eliminate the evolutionary presupposition here that this is a, a creature that evolved into whales, yes. that's all this is. Okay. And you compare this to this, it's, it's, Very it's quite similar. similar. Okay. Yeah. Uh, dinosaurs were known for centuries as dragons. Well, now explain that just a little bit because sure. that, uh, I've heard the term dragon, but dragons are a thing of fairy tales. Exactly. Dinosaurs are science, dragons yeah. are fairy tales. So How let's go through this because there's a reason for that. Okay. In the 20th and now 21st <laughs> century, there's a reason people think that they're mythological. Okay. So early paleontologists often referred to dinosaur fossils as dragons. Really? And so this is the book of the great sea dragons, mm-hmm. ichthyosauri and plesiosauri. Here we have some Hebrew, Gedolim Taninim of Moses, in case we can't read that, which <laughs> comes from Genesis chapter 1. Okay. Now the King James talks about the great whales, yes. but it's actually the Hebrew word tanin, which I know you're familiar oh, with. Oh, nice. Okay, so that's tanin, that's dragon. Okay. And then it talks about the dragon of the, of the waters of the oceans. Hmm. And this is by Thomas Hawkins Esquire. Uh-huh. Now, he actually was a fossil hunter, and he was discovering all of these fossils of marine reptiles. Okay. And he had 30 engravings of these fossils he found, 
And notice I highlighted the dragons. Oh, yes. So what's the dating of this book? Uh, this is 1840. 1840. Okay. And all of these references from a, a scientist, yep. a, a researcher. Actual, actual fossils. As dragons, as not dragons. dinosaurs. So let's look at a couple of these. Dragon from the Leo Shale of Street. That's a village. Okay. Okay. Not in the middle of the street. 1835. <laughs> sorry, 1835. And over there we can see it's an ichthyosaur. Okay. And here's another one from Street, the village of Street, 1834. It's a plesiosaur. So these sea creatures. Marine reptiles. Marine reptiles called dragons. Dragons. And what you'll find when you take a look at the literature from back then. The dinosaurs were called dragons, yeah. the marine reptiles were called dragons, and the flying reptiles were called dragons. Okay. Okay. Then we have, okay, so here, this is in the Natural History Museum yeah. in London, Hawk, for Thomas Hawkins Esquire, uh, yes. sea drag sea for sea dragon. dragon. So it's easy to prove. Wow. Now, enter our good buddy who invented the word dinosaur, Richard Owen, Owen. in 1841. Uh -huh. So he invents the word dinosauria in 1841. We'll get back to that in a second. Okay. Emily Tennyson's journal, July 23rd, 1865, Professor Owen arrived. He basically joins uh, Alfred, okay. and they go to Mr. Fox's place to see this great dragon. Uh -huh. And this is what uh, Emily Tennyson calls it, the okay. great dragon and they spread it on his lawn <laughs> and this was 24 years after the word dinosaur was invented. Wow. So even after the word dinosaur was invented they were still calling it Dragons. dragon and the reason is that dragon was a common word, Okay. dinosaur was a scientific word. Oh, okay. So dinosauria was invented to classify these dragons. These types of dragons. It would be just like us digging up fossil dogs. Yes. And once we have a lot of these fossil dogs, we have to classify them, so we have to come up with Canis lupus, Canis familiaris. Yes. Okay. So the Reverend William Fox, mm -hmm. this is where they went to visit. Dinosaurs were his passion, so much so that he gained the respect and friendship of scientists such as Sir Richard Owen and John Hawke, president of the Geological Society of London in 1882. Fox was described as putting always the bones first and the parish next, <laughs> and wished for a permanent position in Brystone, saying, I cannot leave this place while I have any money left to live on. I take such deep joy in hunting for old dragons. Dragons. Now, he was actually writing who in this last portion here? Sir Richard Owen, who invented the word dinosaur, and he wrote this over two decades after the word dinosaur was coined. Still calling them dragons. Still calling them dragons because dragons uh, were the common word for what Richard Owen was calling dinosauria, which was the word he invented to scientifically classify the dragons. Wow. Now, how did the dragons end up where they ended up? How did they end up in the fossil record? Uh, address that in a second, but the mythological part. Yeah. The evolutionists took over the establishment. They knew that d dragons came directly out of scripture, oh. and so they wanted to get rid of that. And they didn't want any direct connection to scripture. Here we are, uh, well over a uh, hundred and some years later, and we have Disney movies and everything else, and people think that dragons are mythological. We've we have them taken out of many of the modern translations of the Bible because dragons are mythological. All right, so we read of a couple of different um, creatures in the Bible that could very well be dinosaur-type creatures. There's one called Leviathan. It's a dragon in the sea, basically. Yeah. And it is some giant marine reptile, it yeah. appears to be. 
I've dug in the Niobrara Formation in Kansas, mm -hmm. and I've found portions of the skull of giant Mosasaur creatures, yep. Tylosaur-type creatures. Yep. I mean, the creatures that you see in the movies, they grew up to 60 feet long, some mm -hmm. of them. And those creatures could aptly be described as a fierce dragon, so fierce that none dare stir him up. Yep. It's interesting. It is interesting because when God talks to Job about this creature, um, it's a reflection of the awesomeness and the power of God. Hmm. And basically what God's saying is, take a look at the amazing power of this creature, Job, and my power is so much beyond that. And we can't even imagine uh, the power of a Tylosaur, a Mosasaurus like this. And so that's one of the reasons God created these creatures, I believe. Absolutely. It's just a, a tiny hint at His glory, exactly. at His majesty. He is so much greater than all of His creation. Mm -hmm. And we were created distinctly different than the animals. So today, the story goes that we evolved from ape-like creatures over millions and millions of years. And, and we're standing here today intellectual, able to rationalize and look at these bones and postulate where they might have come from. But you know, civilization as a whole has sort of gone downhill. Our intelligence, when you look at the past civilizations, no, they didn't have the same technology that we have today, but they had amazing, amazing intelligence. And yet, Today, it seems like we've sort of digressed in this idea that we're nothing more than pond scum mm. and that there is no creator. When we look at the created world around us, isn't that, isn't that what Romans 1 is telling us? Mm. You can look at everything around you and you can tell that there is a grand designer, that you are not some accident. We're without excuse. But that leads us to the big question. These dinosaurs, obviously they did exist. Mm -hmm. Dragons did exist. Why are they all buried in these rock layers? In a moment, mm -hmm. describe for us the conditions that would have buried these things. If you take a look at the ichthyosaurs, for example, uh, the Natural History Museum, I just had a couple shots there showing Thomas Hawkins Esquire. Yeah. If you go to the Natural History Museum, and you take a look at some of these creatures. They gave birth apparently to live young. Hmm. And you'll see some of these ichthyosaurs and um, some of the ichthyosaurs are partly in the birth canal. Some of the ichthyosaurs have several young that they gave wow. spontaneous birth to. Okay. You take a look at the vertebral columns and they're just like dominoes. Uh, you know, they basically were buried in a moment, instantaneously almost. These creatures, I believe, were buried uh, during some of the underwater mudslides during Noah's flood. And you can stand there and look at them, and you know these are the dragons that the Bible is talking about, the, wow. the water creatures. But you also know that there was a judgment by God. And during some of the early activity, maybe some of the mid-activity, even some of the late activity during the flood, they didn't escape some of those underwater mudslides. And you're looking at these amazing creatures that God made, um, but you're also looking at a judgment by God. And we read in Second Peter that uh, many scoffers will come in the last days and they'll, they'll mock the creation, mm -hmm. but they'll mock that there was a judgment by water, a judgment mm -hmm. by, by a flood. Yeah. And uh, they'll also, because of that, 
uh, forget that there's going to be a coming judgment by fire. That's right. And so one of the reasons we do all of this is to let people know there is a God who did create. He also judged by water, but he also is a God of love who wants the people of the world to know that there's a way, there's a door, and his name is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And if they enter through that door, he paid the penalty for sin on that cross, and all who place their faith in the finished work of Christ on that cross, one day can spend eternity in a place where there is no more death, no more pain, no more suffering. That's the reason that we do this ministry. That's the reason we tell them about creation. It's not ultimately about creation. Okay. It's about the creator, and his name is Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So the 